You will all fall away because of me this night. You will all fall away because of me this night. These are the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples as they transitioned from their Passover dinner in the upper room to a time of prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. Even though Jesus had told them earlier in the evening that one of them would betray him, these words of warning still seemed a shocking message given its timing and its scope. The timing is surprising because just four days earlier, Jesus had ridden into Jerusalem in what came to be known as his triumphal entry, where shouts of praise and blessing rained down upon him. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, they shouted. It was a royal welcome for the one they proclaimed to be the king of Israel, who had come to save. Yet here, less than 100 hours later, Jesus said they would all fall away. So the quick nature of this change of affection from delight to desertion is jarring. The scope of Jesus' warning here is jarring too because Jesus makes clear that everyone is going to desert him. When he had come into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, we were told that the entire city was stirred up by his presence and that crowds of people went before him And after him. In fact, the crowds that were celebrating Jesus' arrival were so significant that it led his opponents, the Pharisees, to feel as if the entire world had gone out to him. Everyone wanted a part of Jesus that day. And yet here, less than a week later, Jesus said that all would fall away because of him. And so in the matter of a very short span of time, Jesus went from having seemingly all of the world wanting to follow him to having everyone fall away because of him and because of where he would go that night. And what this acknowledgement from Jesus reminds us of and what it ultimately warns us against is that we, as a people, often love to follow Jesus in His triumphal entry and in His resurrection, but we want nothing to do with our God in the Garden of Gethsemane or with our Christ as He hangs upon a cross. We love to follow Jesus and to be associated with Jesus when when life is going well. When our views about him are popular, when our life with him is successful, when the side that he is on is winning. In those moments and at those times, we love to be associated with Jesus. But as soon as things get difficult, when our views are no longer popular, when our path in life becomes painful, 
when we wish we could go in a different direction. When we cry out to God and it seems like he's not listening. When we listen for God and it seems like he's not speaking. When we look for God and it appears that he is not present. When following God leads to painful consequences in our lives. And the cost of the sacrifice feels too great to pay. It's in these moments that we, like the first disciples, tend to quickly fall away. It's in these garden and grave moments where we often begin to get disoriented and disillusioned and disgruntled with our faith. It's in these anxiety-ridden and painful places that we begin to doubt and to deconstruct and to disbelieve in the goodness of God or the power of God or the presence of God or the love of God. When the crowds are cheering, it's easy to follow Jesus, but what about in the dark of the night? What about when we wrestle in prayer and it doesn't go our way? What about when the mobs come out because they don't like what Jesus stands for? What about when our faith really costs us something? What about when it costs us everything? Are we willing to stay with our Lord then? The reality is that nobody likes time spent with God in the garden and the grave. Why would we? They are difficult and confusing and painful places. But this is why Jesus' warning is so important for us to hear and to engage with and to prepare for. Because the reality is, is that you can't have the resurrection without the crucifixion. You can't have the joy of the empty tomb without the sorrow of the sealed tomb. You can't welcome and celebrate the one who saves us without him going and doing the work that is required to actually save us. You cannot have the hosannas and the hallelujahs without the garden and the grave. They inextricably go together. And the reason that's the case is because it's in the garden and it's on the cross where the work of salvation actually happens. For Jesus to save us from our sin, he had to submit himself to his father's will and not to his own. And to die upon a cross. This is the way that our sin was defeated. And for us to disentangle ourselves from that conquered sin, we have to do the same. We have to wrestle with God in prayer until we're willing to submit ourselves to His way and not to our own. And we have to die to our old self and to our sin nature daily. By crucifying it over and over and over again. This is the way, the only way to new and to resurrected life. There is no transformation 
without a crucible. There is no refining without a furnace. There is no purifying without a fire. There is no resurrecting if there is not first a dying. It was true for Jesus. It's true for his followers as well. And so we don't like the garden and the grave because they are scary and difficult places that require difficult and costly work. But we can't run from the garden or the grave either because these are the places where our new and true lives are shaped and formed into the image of Jesus. This is how our life in Christ works. And so if we want to be followers of Jesus, we have to go where he went. And we have to do what he did. We have to wrestle with God in prayer. And we have to die to ourselves on our crosses daily. Even when it's difficult. Even when it's costly. Even when it doesn't make sense or God doesn't seem present or it feels like it's going to destroy us. This is the way that Jesus walked, which led to the glory of the resurrection. It's our path also. If we want to know that glory as well. I think the Apostle Paul has said it best. In Philippians chapter 3 when he wrote... That I want to know Christ. To know the power of His resurrection. And participation in His sufferings. Becoming like Him in His death. And so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. There is no resurrection without a cross. There are no hosannas and hallelujahs without the garden and the grave. If we want to really know Christ, we must go to these places with Him. The first disciples all fell away. And make no mistake, we have to. But church, my exhortation to you this morning is to not give up on God. And to not fall away when the going gets tough in life. That is actually the time to press further into Him. And to hold tighter onto Him. Because Easter is coming. On the other side of the garden. In the grave. Amen.